Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhavo from Nightlight Astrology, and today I am taking a look at two aspects that are coming up back to back. One is Mercury's sextile with Uranus, and the other is the Sun's sextile with Pluto. So both of these are coming back to back as the full moon comes through, and as Venus is also preparing to make a square with Uranus, which we talked about at the beginning of this week. So that being said, um, before I go ahead and put up the real-time clock and dive in, I want to uh, let you guys know that my two of my mentors, Loka and Vidarba, just started their new class on the Bhagavad Gita last night, and apparently there were over 300 of you that attended. Um, it is not too late to sign up. You still have one week before the second class to sign up. Here it is at bhaktiwise.com, and you can click on the Study With Us tab and scroll down, and the class is called Unlocking the Mysteries of the Bhagavad Gita. It's a 12-week class, started last night, runs until May 31st, meets Tuesdays from 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Every session is recorded. There are Q&A sessions outside of class, as well as mantra meditation classes, all free. The class is by donation, so you can um, choose what you pay for the class based on your budget. It's a really great program from two really great mentors and friends of mine. I think you'll really enjoy the, the program. Uh, you can watch the videos on your own if you can't attend live, like I said. So be sure to check it out. It's at bhaktiwise.com. And thanks to everybody for signing up. Sounds like they had a great, uh, great turnout. 300 uh, plus people signed up for the class um, and are going to learn more about the Bhagavad Gita. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to put the real-time clock up right now. Let's take a look at these transits coming through. It's a really interesting sequence. First of all, the moon has moved into Virgo here on Wednesday, March 16th. You can see the moon in Virgo, and that means that we're heading toward a full moon. The full moon comes in um, by, well, it's going to be early Friday, so you could say late Thursday night, uh, early Friday morning, depending on where you're at in the world. It's about three in the morning on Friday. Uh, on East Coast time, United States, that it comes through. <clears throat> so we are heading towards the full moon right now. And as that is happening, there are two transits that are also simultaneously perfecting. One is Mercury's sextile with Uranus, which happens tomorrow, Thursday, March 17th. And then on Friday, right, you know, kind of sandwiched with the full moon, you're going to see the sun going through a sextile with Pluto. So we've got these two sextiles, Pisces, Piscean planets making sextiles to Uranus and Pluto. And remember at the same time by this weekend, Venus is also going through a square to Uranus. So there's a lot of Uranian energy in the air right now. And I think that's the focus here. Let's begin by just talking a little bit about what it might mean that Mercury is making a sextile with Uranus, and then kind of put it alongside of the Sun making a sextile with Pluto. Um, remembering that the full moon is coming through, and remembering that full moons are bringing the cycle, the lunar cycle, the current lunar cycle to fruition, um, that usually what that translates into is that is a kind of peak moment. And when things are in that stage of fruition, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're good. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. It's sort of like saying every, you know, every moon cycle has a momentum behind it and a, like a wave that's building. And the, the biggest 
you know, the, the sort of crest of the wave or the, the break of the wave. I'm not sure what the right um, image would be, but that break of the wave is happening right around the full moon. So it's an energetically, it's a peak moment within the cycle. This cycle is pretty intense. The reason this cycle is so intense is that it started off with uh, some, uh, a lot of promise with a conjunction to Jupiter. And we're in the process of um, seeing uh, Jupiter and of course Uranus were configured by a sextile. We're in the process of seeing Jupiter and Neptune come into a conjunction with one another in the middle of April. Um, we have, well, there's a malefic enclosure of Venus all month long. So, you know, it's, it's an intense moon cycle. And then when you look, anytime you look at that full moon and you notice, Hey, there's some, there's some significant transits that are all popping right around the full moon. It gives, it, it colors the intensity of the full moon and it amplifies it or the full moon amplifies the other transits. I, I should say. So first of all, um, when Mercury is in a sextile with Uranus at the time of the full moon, and by the way, the full moon is in the sign of Mercury, it's in the exaltation of Mercury, and Mercury happens to be in the opposite sign in its fall and in its detriment. You could easily say that Mercury finds itself in a tough position, um, and that could, that could mean a million different things, but let's just say that it has to do with uh, things involving the mind things involving the relationship between, let's say, the emotional body or the desire body, especially because Pisces, where Mercury is currently located, is, a, is the sign where, where Venus is exalted. And one of the ways that ancient astrologers had of talking about the dichotomy between Virgo and Pisces and Mercury's rulership or exaltation in one and fall in the other was in terms of the relationship between Mercury and Venus, that when you put Mercury in Venus's sign, you're essentially amplifying the inherent archetypal tension between desire stuff and mental stuff. And they're not, you, they're not always the same. There's often a real tension between the two. The sensual body is not the rational mind and vice versa. It's not that there's no compatibility between them whatsoever. But if you think about a full moon in Mercury's earthy sign of Virgo, and then you think at the exact same time, Mercury is in its fall in Pisces, but making this interesting sextile to Uranus, that, that's when you start getting a, a picture of why this transit might be a little bit more intense than a, you know, your average two-day long sextile that's you know, very short and usually not super significant. I, most people, if I would say, like, what could you feel in the air you know, from astrologically? You're going to feel squares that last a few days when outer planets are involved or any slow moving superior planet is involved like Mars, Jupiter, or Saturn. So uh, typically, you know, sextiles from the moon, for example, or Venus or Mercury, they're very fast. And so you don't, they're not, they, they bring things together. They offer a harmonizing element or principle, which is nice. Uh, but most of the time people don't report on sextiles. Uh, even ancient astrologers seemed to have diminished the, importance or at least the felt presence of sextiles compared to other aspects, even the trine. Um, so, but this is a different one because again, we have the ruler of the full moon in its fall, um, but making a sextile to Uranus and Uranus is strongly configured to this entire transit. And by the end of April, we're heading towards a new moon who will be, um, this, the next new moon that we have in 
in uh, or the new moon that we have on April 30th will be configured with Uranus and it will be a solar eclipse. So Uranus is, again, Uranus is playing a really big role right now. So just try to explain the logic so that it, it makes sense why we're focusing on a little sextile. When Mercury sextiles Uranus, one of the major signatures you can always watch for is problem solving. Uh, Mercury in Pisces, for example, one of the ways in which that planet that planet can and that dignity can show up as problematic is because it may lack some kind of objectivity or it may get entangled in something emotionally or in the desire body the mind and the emotional body are not um there's not a good like objective distance between the two such that you can use the necessary amount of discernment to decide what's real what's grounded and what's not and so forth so if you if you if you or anyone is finding themselves in a jam the nice thing about this sextile is that you're getting a sextile to uranus in earthy solid taurus and it's also a venus ruled sign uh, so it's as though there is some um potential for a moment of clarity a a a, a moment of greater insight and a sense of how to move through something even if it's intuitively and it's not necessarily like a logical plan that's being laid out but that feeling of the um the higher truth of a situation or some grace or some guidance even if it's more felt or intuitive or symbolic or comes in a dream uh, which would be i think probably more uh typical of mercury and pisces it will present itself when mercury's makes the sextile to uranus and potentially help you out of a moment that is there's where there's more pressure and things are more intense and there's this kind of dichotomy between the emotional body and the mental body especially again with a full moon in mercury sign but opposite to mercury who is in pisces so <clears throat> if you feel like you're having a hard time discerning your way through something or if there it feels like there is a confusion or like a traffic jam of information uh, or you're you're struggling to overcome the uh, strong feelings about something that you know feels like clearly it's clouding my judgment or something like that. One of the best things about Mercury's sextile with Uranus is the way in which a solution or a stroke of reason that doesn't totally dismiss your feelings or that doesn't dismiss the Venusian sensual and emotional dimension of your experience. Uh, could could happen, and that's that's a that's probably the most beneficial part of this transit that I could see. It's interesting to me that at the exact same time, um, over the next two days, we'll also see the Sun make a sextile with Pluto. Now the Sun is in a water sign, Venus's exaltation. Um, you know, the beginning of this cycle saw a Jupiter Sun conjunction. This 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 cycle is so. And the even next month's cycle is so oriented toward the Jupiter, Neptune, the watery feminine exaltation of Venus. This, the, the Pisces is such a is such a strong player in the sky right now, and so there's a this romantic idealism. What I love about this, if you pair this transit right next to Mercury Uranus, as I just explained, is that the Sun in Pisces is hitting a sextile with Pluto, who is in 
the earthy, uh, again, tends to be a bit more um, rational, earth signs in general, and um, the earthy sign of Saturn. So you're, you're hitting the sun alongside of Mercury with two planets that may offer um, breakthroughs or may push things along in a positive way. Not altogether easy, but a positive way, um, but by granting some earth to the water. Uh, so when the sun sextiles Pluto, oftentimes the theme of, I mentioned problem solving or gaining some objectivity or some sense of some intuition that helps you move through a situation where things might be a little cloudy or, you know, your, your rational capacity might be sort of um, diminished somewhat with Mercury and Uranus. Well, with this one, remember that the, <clears throat> the Sun and Pluto often bring what I would call elimination. Elimination, or you could say purgation. So purging, cleansing, removing, or clearing something that um, is standing in the way of moving in the right direction. Uh, this has more to do with clearing up our sense with the sun of what is the what is the um, what is the right course of action here overall? What's the ideal? Mercury and Uranus may have more to do with what I'm feeling and thinking, but the Sun Pluto can really clarify. Well, what's the goal here? Where am I heading? Or what is the overarching um, ambition? And is it is it rightly placed or sort of a, more of a big picture compass alignment or like orientate orientation of your compass with the sun Pluto. And it's very smooth and harmonious. Sextiles are of the nature of Venus. So you have this harmonizing component that can help us understand like, what is the goal here? Where am I heading? And reorienting myself if I need to be, while there's also this theme of purgation, eliminating things, um, you know, almost like a, 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 a moment of harmonious cleansing. So there's very, very effective energies in the air at the time of the full moon. Although the full moon draws out the typical sensual versus rational dimension with Virgo and Pisces, um, you know, the two should be working together, ideally, always. And with Mercury's sextile from Pisces to Taurus, uh, to Mercury sextiling Uranus and the sun sextiling Pluto from Pisces to Capricorn. There's a lot of earthy bolstering insights, epiphanies, problem solving, elimination, clearing of uh, the, the, the debris, um, clearing something old. You know, it's like going into your refrigerator and you, you find something that's expired and it's like, okay, it's going to make the whole fridge stink. I've got to throw this thing out. The, the opportunity to simply rid ourselves of something fairly easily with a sextile from the sun to Pluto, re, reorient our sense of purpose, clarify the ideal behind what we're doing, um, to feel like you have some supporting energies coming through to create a kind of synthesis also right now between the imaginative, the heartfelt, the emotional, the sensual, and the rational, um, I think is one of the most promising parts of this full moon, when, especially when you pair them with the other things happening. Of course, the curveball, or let's call it the wild card, is uh, the fact that over the weekend, right after this comes through, Venus is square to Uranus. Um, 
So the only thing that I can think of to be a, okay, first of all, all of this, if if you want to put it positively, all of this could be also being done in the name of a kind of aesthetic revolution. Venus and Uranus suggest that there's a need to change, change something on the level of desire, appearance, beauty, sex, love, relationships, um, that there's a need for innovation and like a, a little renaissance of Venus that's trying to take place. Okay, well, um, as long as that's not happening at the sacrifice of careful, logical reasoning so that we don't get lost or go too far or lose ourselves or lose some important grounding, or as long as that's not happening at the cost of um, not being very clear about what, what our long-term goals and purpose look like and not getting into anything that deepens uh, or mires us more deeply in something that's unhealthy or toxic, um, then, then you know I think we're good. Because the flip side of having Venus Uranus coming up right behind all of this would be, look, you know, you've got, uh, you've got a lot of energies conspiring to support taking some kind of step in the name of something that's overly indulgent or a little like re- reckless, that's rebellious and innovative, but <clears throat> all being done in the name of something that's vain or superficial or like, yeah, just kind of basely indulgent. Um, so I think, uh, you know, we have to hold ourselves accountable right now. And it's, it's a really good moment to like refine Venus. Refined by, by that, what I mean is reinvent Venus while also bringing on board emotional and intellectual intelligence, uh, re- refining our sense of what our higher goals, virtues, and purposes are, um, balancing the, the need between careful, thoughtful discernment or discrimination and, uh, and emotional, intuitive qualities. So it's just, it's a little, it's a, it's a packed little window over the next three or four days and I'm excited to see, you know, how we all kind of work through it and, and what stories you guys have to share. So um, that is what I have for today. Just a little take on um, these two transits as the full moon is coming through. I would love to hear your stories. Um, my other camera, I accidentally left on and the battery died. So I'm using my normal camera today. If things, if my, if the view, if the camera quality isn't as good. Speaking of camera issues, someone stepped out, stepped up and uh, helped me fix my camera issue, by the way. It had to do with my autofocus settings. And um, I appreciate all of you (laughs) trying to pitch in and help me with that. So um, yeah, we're going to take probably another look at Venus and Uranus uh, along with the full moon by the end of this week. Um, and I'm thinking I might do a chart demo as well tomorrow, possibly, because I'm trying to do a few more of those lately. We'll see. I might throw one in. But if there's anything in the sky that you guys would like to hear me talk about, by the way, I've been meaning to mention this more regularly. But if there's any requests, you can always we have cats. Cat and I have been trying to do more Q&A episodes. We've got more of those in queue. But if you have questions or things you'd like to hear me talk about or cover, uh, you can always put that into the chat box or email us. Uh, info at nightlightastrology.com, put uh, YouTube Q&A in the subject line. And uh, if you have a story to share about any of the transits coming through, use the hashtag grabbed or email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com and share a story about one of the transits. We love to hear it. Uh, That's what I've got for today. I would love to uh, hear your thoughts as you experience these transits in the next few days. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.